How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of English Encore. I'm your host, Nick English. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for being patient with me, guys. I know it's been a little bit since I posted an episode. I'm just getting over being sick and my voice was pretty much gone, but we are back and we're going to be changing up some topics from the last time just because there's a lot of good stuff going on in Buffalo right now, so we're going to jump right into some topics. So if you missed it, the Buffalo Bills are going back to the playoffs, second time in three years. The Bills clinched a playoff berth with a 17-10 road win versus the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football to improve to 10-4 on the year, and they can have no less than the number five seed in the upcoming playoff, and they get to play the New England Patriots on the road this Saturday. And if they beat the Patriots and somehow Fitzmagic pulls off a miracle week 17 and the Bills beat the Jets as well, the Bills actually still do have a shot at the division. But what a win for the Bills on Sunday night. Going in and winning in a place they haven't won, I believe since 1995. They haven't won at Heinz Field. Um, Just a great win by the team. Um, not really the biggest statistical categories for the offense and Josh Allen, but when they needed to most, um, they got the job done. The defense was absolutely unreal. I think they solidified themselves as easily a top three defense in the NFL. Um, and I just want to go over five plays that really stood out to me throughout the course of that game. Starting at number five. Um, the Devin Singletary 15-yard run right before the Tyler Croft touchdown. Um, I thought that was a huge run just because it set the Bills up to eventually get that touchdown. And Singletary was kind of struggling in the game at that point. He was doing good with his yards per carry and had about 87 yards total. He had a good game overall, but at that point he had two fumbles one he had lost and then one that John Brown luckily dove on so that was a big run for him just as a momentum booster and it got the Bills um, in closer position to get towards the red zone and I thought that was a big play and then that leads me to the next play that Josh Allen touchdown to Tyler Croft um, I've been one for weeks asking why the Bills even signed Tyler Croft because Since he came back from injury, he's really been non-existent in the offense. I know he's been a good blocker, but in the passing game, he's lucky if he's been catching one pass any game during the season. Um, But that was an absolutely beautiful throw by Allen. Looked off the defense to the opposite side of the field. Really good job by Tyler Croft. um, Getting two hands on the ball, breaking perfect timing in sync with Allen. um, Right at the corner of the right end zone to give the Bills the lead, and then the defense was able to put it away. I thought the Trent Murphy um, strip when uh, Jalen Samuels and James Conner were running the Wildcat formation, and then Jordan Poyer recovering the fumble was huge because that was right after the pass went off of Cole Beasley's hand, which he should have caught, and it was tipped for an interception. So that really stopped the momentum from the Steelers and allowed the Bills to kind of weather the storm. I thought the John Brown deep ball by Josh Allen was arguably the play of the game. Um, it was right at the beginning of the fourth quarter, right after they played the Renegade song. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, if you watch anything or know anything about the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've done stories on it on the news, ESPN. Um, you go online and look it up. 
pretty much, I couldn't tell you how long they've been doing it for. I want to say it's been over um, 8 to 10 years now. Or at the beginning of 4th quarter, the fans really get into it. And they play Renegade to get the game, or get the Steelers going and give them momentum. They actually talked about how Mike Tomlin used to signal up to play Renegade during times in the game just to get the team more fired up. You know, terrible towels going everywhere. The Renegade song's playing. It's really loud. It's still a 10-10 to game, and right off the bat, Josh Allen uh, delivers an absolute dime to John Brown on a play that he was actually interfered on, and he still made the catch. And Allen's really been struggling with the deep ball this year. You saw him really struggle last week against the Ravens, where if he would have hit a few of those, who knows, maybe the Bills could have won. But that was a huge play during that point in the game, potentially um, play of the game in many people's eyes. But I honestly think the play of the game was Tredavious White's second interception when he ran it all the way back down to, I believe, about the 13 or 16-yard line of Pittsburgh. Um, Just because the Bills' offense was really struggling getting going at that point, um, Pittsburgh has one of the best defenses in the league as well. Um, personally, I think T.J. Watt should win Defensive Player of the Year. It's probably going to come down between him and Nick Bosa. But that second interception really gave the Bills some life and really just sparked the defense for the rest of the game. I know the Bills didn't end up getting what they wanted to out of that drive. They ended up giving it to Frank Gore four or five times in a row and ended up getting pretty much no yards out of it and settled for a field goal to tie the game at that point. But that was just a huge momentum booster um, for the Bills overall. Just to give the offensive confidence to know that the defense got their back. And then Travius White just had the game of his life. Um, to me, he, that game alone solidified him as either the number one or tied for number one cornerback with Stephon Gilmore in the league. Um, he's shown it time and time again that he can lock up any single wide receiver in the game. And he made three or four just magnificent plays throughout the course of that game. And the two interceptions really set the tone for the defense. And they played well the rest of the game. Um, So looking at some potential playoff matchups for the Bills, I'm just going to go through three scenarios. Um, The most likely scenario, I think, is going to be the Houston Texans. Um, The odds of the Patriots losing to the Dolphins, even if the Bills do beat the Patriots, um, this coming weekend, which I think they can do. Um, it's still going to be a long shot for the Dolphins to win against the Patriots. Um, so it's more than likely the Bills are going to remain at that five seed and end up playing the number four seed, which is more than likely going to be the Houston Texans unless something happens with the Chiefs. And I think it actually is the most winnable game for Buffalo out of all the teams in the playoffs. I do think they could beat any team in the AFC, but as far as the first-round matchup goes, I think um, that'd be the best matchup for them just because if Buffalo does want to make a deep run in the playoffs, I think they have to sustain some momentum going into the second round if they had to play a Kansas City or New England or a Baltimore. So I think a game if they could win against the Texans would be huge. Um, And I think it's a good matchup for the Bills just because you know Tredavious White can lock up DeAndre Hopkins. He did it last year. I know Hopkins had that one touchdown, but he's pretty much neutralized all game. 
Um, the Texans' defense isn't the greatest. I think the Bills would be able to exploit them, especially with John Brown now on the team. Last year, um, the Bills, I believe, put up 24 points against them in a game that we had Zay Jones and Calvin Benjamin as their number one and two receivers. And Josh Allen ended up getting hurt in that game when the Bills were coming back, and Peterman actually threw a touchdown to Zay Jones to give us the lead before he ultimately did the Nate Peterman and threw two interceptions and we lost. And I think it'd be a big revenge game for Allen just because you're going back into a place where you really suffered your first big injury in the NFL with his elbow. And I think he'd really like another shot to go back into Houston in the playoffs against Deshaun Watson and that Texans team and uh, really prove a point. I think if the Bills somehow ended up matching up with the Chiefs um, in the playoffs, I think that'd be the most intriguing matchup in the first round just because you have Sammy Watkins, LaShawn McCoy, and Reggie Ragland on the Chiefs, all former Bills. Then you have the Allen versus Mahomes matchup, which is not only interesting just from the talent at the or arm talent perspective, but Patrick Mahomes was selected with a pick that the Bills originally had that they traded up with. Um, us to get and then they we traded back um, with them to 27 where we selected Tredavious White so a little bit of a storyline there and obviously Andy Reid and Sean McDermott kind of go a ways back to their days in Philadelphia so I think that'd be the most intriguing matchup but I think the one that the fans want the most um, would be if the Chiefs could continue to win and Buffalo beats um, New England this weekend so New England would fall um, down in seeding and if Houston can keep winning as well. But if the Bills got to face New England in the playoffs, if we beat the Patriots, that would pretty much be every Bills fan's Super Bowl. Um, people would start questioning if it would be the end of the era um, for the Patriots as the Bills would be able to be knocked them off. It'd be a huge moment for Josh Allen as in all his games versus the Patriots so far, he hasn't stepped up. Um, to the task, and I think he's going to actually have a good game this weekend. I don't know why, I just have a gut feeling. But I think that'd just be a really, really good matchup. Um, it's really hard to beat a team three times in the same year. So if the Bills did lose this weekend to the Patriots, I do think it'd be very hard for the Patriots to beat us a third time. Um, I don't think this is the same old Bills that a lot of people still have doubts about. Um, and I know there's a lot of media members still skeptical, and you got to beat the man to be the man. So the Patriots are the man of not only NFL, but have been the AFC East for over the past decade. But I think that'd be a really intriguing matchup for the Bills as well. But like I said before, I think the Texans or potentially the Titans, depending on how the rest of their season goes, um, is the more likely matchup, which even if it ends up being Tennessee, we know we've beaten them once on the road already once this year. Granted, it was against Marcus Mariota, not Ryan Tannehill, but the Bills have played Tannehill before, um, and I'm seeing a lot of film on him. So I think either way, it'd be a, it's going to be a good first-round matchup for the Bills, and I really think we can win and go to the divisional round and really surprise a lot of people and give pretty much any team a run for their money. And I would love to see if, even if Bills could match up with Baltimore again. I think it would be very intriguing. However, we've never really fared well in Baltimore, so maybe not. But those are my thoughts on the Bills.
um, through the week. And now let's get into some Sabres talk and probably one of the most popular players in the NHL right now. And he's the captain of our team, and that's Jack Eichel. Um, if the season ended today, I don't know how any single person, and this is, and I'm not even saying this just because I'm a Sabres fan and I like Jack Eichel, but if you know anything about hockey, you watch the game, you watch how he plays, and you watch what he's doing right now, if the season ended today, I don't think there's any shadow of a doubt why Jack Eichel shouldn't be named the MVP. Um, he's on a 16-game point streak currently going into tonight's game against Toronto, in which in that span he's at 15 goals, 14 assists for 29 points. 29 points in 16 games. That's just incredible. Um, he only trails Anderchuk and Gilbert Perrault. Um, for the longest point streak in Sabres history. Anderchuk's at 17 games, which he has a chance to tie tonight. And then Perot's at 18 games. So Eichel with a really good chance to break that record going forward here. He's having the best statistical season of his career. 23 goals, 25 assists for 48 points, and a plus 14 rating on the season. He has the Sabres holding on to sole possession of second place in the Atlantic Division in a playoff spot. And Jack just means so much more to any other player uh, to their team in the NHL. Um, if you took McDavid off um, the Edmonton Oilers, they'd still have a guy like Leon Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins and guys of that nature. If you take Jack Eichel off the Buffalo Sabres, they'd be nothing. Yeah, they'd have a nice few role players like Jeff Skinner and Sam Reinhart who are both really good top-tier, top-two-line guys on pretty much any team in the NHL, but they're not the superstar player that Jack Eichel is. And what he's doing carrying this team on his back, you can tell how badly he wants to lead this team to the playoffs. He's gone through going on his third coach right now. He stuck out the tough times. And he has the Sabres playing well again after they slumped for a good chunk of the season. Um, they picked up some really nice wins this past week. Um, against St. Louis, and they had a tough road loss against the Islanders, but getting some of those wins are big. Um, even picking up one point, I know it's not good to just settle for one point, but against the better teams in the NHL, especially on a road game, um, it's really good to get those points. I think the biggest question going forward um, for the Buffalo Sabres is is this sustainable again? That question just keeps getting asked because the Sabers go through stretches um, throughout the season where they have they look unreal. They look like they're a top 10, 15 team in the NHL and should no question be a playoff contender or a playoff team. Then they go through a stretch of six to ten games where they just look god awful. Um, they look like they're still in tank season or tank mode. And like in previous years, and there's still a lot going on with the Sabres, a lot of trade rumors. Um, Zach Bogosian just requested to be traded. Casey Middlestat got sent down to Rochester, which I actually think is a good thing, just because he hasn't lived up to what he or what they want him to be with that eighth pick. He hasn't filled that third line center role well enough to keep him up here, and he's been scratched the past two or three games. So there's no point in keeping him up here. A kid like that needs to go down in Rochester just like they did with Tage Thompson um, at the end of last year and get his confidence going. 
And just like they did with Tage Thompson last year, I think it was about a week or two uh, late making the move. But um, the next question with that would be, is Bottero willing to make a move now? Because now they're going to be kind of um, handicapped at center. I know they got Johansson playing that second line center role. I don't know what they're planning on doing with the third, whether they think um, Larson's line is going to step into that role. They'd really take guys like Asplund in that center, or if they really think Rodriguez is the answer, I really don't think he is. be interesting to see what they want to try and do there. Taylor Hall um, just got traded to the Arizona Coyotes, so he's off the market. Um, there are some rumors of the Sabres looking to Alex Galchenyak of the Penguins because he's been struggling there. I think it'd be kind of cool if the Sabres went out and got a guy like Logan Couture just because he loves the Buffalo area and is a Bills fan and he would fill a big void for us at center. But um, obviously we'd have to give up a lot to do that. But um, I wouldn't doubt if the Sabres are going to make a move. Um, my other question, big question for the Sabres going forward is if they're going to keep riding Allmark the rest of the year. Right now he's definitely got the hot hand and is playing a lot better than Carter Hutton. Hutton did start the year very well. Um, so it's just going to be interesting to see once Allmark hits a rough stretch, which is bound to happen, if Hutton steps in and gets a win or two if they go back to him. Um, personally, I think you ride Allmark and maybe look around and see if you can move Hutton. Um, you got a good veteran goaltender down in Rochester and Hammond that you could bring up and be the backup. Um, but it'll definitely be interesting to see. I definitely think a lot of Sabres fans are intrigued to see if they're going to make a big trade or not. Um, I don't think Taylor Hall is really ever in the Sabres' eyes, but you know they've definitely been looking around. Um, Goudreau's name was rumored for a little bit, even though that's kind of died down. Um, I wouldn't mind the Gilchenyak trade, but then again, I'm not a big fan of going back to the root tree as far as We've already gotten players from Pittsburgh since Botterill's left there and Sheary and Hunwick. They both haven't done anything. It's kind of the same thing the Bills did um, in their first few years when with the Panthers and getting guys like Calvin Benjamin, Star Latule, um, and those haven't really worked out very well. So I think it's just good for the Sabres to stay away from Pittsburgh um, trades unless it's a guy like Evgeny Malkin or Crosby or great players or Jake Gensel. Um, players of that nature, but it'll be definitely interesting to see if the Sabres can keep this up. I'm really excited to see what Eichel is going to do the rest of the year. I really think he could go on a 20 to 25 game stretch. I'm going to go out. I'm going to say his point streak is going to end at 24 games. Um, I don't know why 24 just seems like a good number, but I have little doubt that he's going to get the point streak again tonight. He always takes it up another notch against Toronto. I wouldn't be surprised if he picks up two or three points tonight. Big game for the Sabres to give them some more room for away from Toronto in the division. And it's going to be good to see what the Sabres do here going into a crucial part of the season uh, going forward. But yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Once again, I appreciate you guys uh, sticking with me while I've been sick. Um... Really excited, really exciting time just for Buffalo sports in general with Jack Eichel doing what he's doing with the Sabres and seeing Josh Allen's development and Trey White really carrying the defense and the Bills in the playoffs for a second time in three years. 
no more 17-year drought. Um, I think a lot of players talked about this is going to be a continued thing going forward. It's not going to be any more droughts for the Bills if we keep this system in place. I think the Bills are going to be a perennial playoff team now going forward as long as this regime is here. Um, If you've if you mapped out the next 10 years, I would say Bills are probably going to be in the playoffs at least six times. But um, next week, we're going to get into some NBA talk, talk about some of the hottest teams in the NBA. We'll get into LeBron um, and the Lakers and talk about their hot stretch along with Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks and Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. Uh, we're going to talk about which team I think is going to win the college football playoff. Um, I'm going to talk about which player I would rather start a franchise with in the NFL between Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and then I'm going to do a little bit of a trade reaction segment for NHL hopefully there's going to be some more trades if not I'm just going to go in depth with the Taylor Hall trade to the Arizona Coyotes but yeah that's going to do it Um, I appreciate you all tuning in I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode hope you all tune in next week And I hope everyone has a great rest of their week. Go Bills. Go Sabres tonight. And let's just keep this thing rolling. Go Buffalo.